to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin. I'm the uh, so-called maestro of MIDI behind Niagara Moon. And it's uh, lovely to have you back uh, after a couple of reposts. Uh, you know, I'm on a bit of a summer break. It's very cool to give you another new, fresh uh, album discussion. Today we take a deep dive into one of my absolute favorites, of the 2000s. Uh, this is a real special one, The Party by Andy Schaaf, 2016. And I got to talk about it with none other than Erica Davis, who's made a couple of past appearances on here. We're both uh, big fans of Andy, and he had a lot of really interesting insights into the, the lyrics and the story. And uh, we just had a great time. It's great music. And uh, we'll get into that now. Enjoy. Eric, so cool to have you back on the podcast. How you doing, man? Hey. Dude, I am doing good. We were just catching up about some uh, some mm-hmm. little adventures I've been going on. I basically uh, took the work-from-home experience, um, took advantage of that to go travel for six months. So me and my girlfriend had a really good time. Super jealous. Uh, you were writing a whole new albums worth of tunes down in mexico among other things exactly man yeah i wrote these like 35 songs down in mexico and i really had no um i had no intention i had no agenda i'd just sit down and start writing a song and see whatever came from it and um but after you know coming back to the states and looking at all the songs i had written you know a couple really rose to the surface and and fit together thematically and sonically. So I'm uh, really excited about this next project. That is the way to do it. Yeah, man. And I think the guy we're talking about today, Andy Schaff, I think he would agree with that strategy of write song after song after song after song. If there's a cohesive theme there, it'll make itself known to you. You let it flow and uh, compile everything later. Absolutely, Which, man. Uh, the party, I think it's definitely... Um, it's, it's a result of, of his unending dedication to just immaculate songwriting, right? That this guy's like the songwriter of the of the recent era. I feel yeah, like. yeah. the The songwriting on this record is basically perfect, and I don't know how much you've listened to Neon Skyline. I'm but a fan of I that feel, one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he really took a different, like, kind of more casual less um like virtuosic Mm. approach to the songwriting on that record and um really like really interesting shift but um but yeah man the songwriting on this record the way that he the, the the thing that i am so impressed by is that he describes these very realistic situations and he does so so poetically um, cause I think it's maybe a little bit easier to say something realistic in a casual mm-hmm. way. And maybe that has some weight to it be- in the nature of it, like being in a song. And I think that it's easy to be like really poetic about like a fantastic thing, um, like a thing of fantasy, but to, uh, to be poetic about something that's so like real, the and mundane, the um, everyday it's difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the party, man, this came out five years ago now, 2016. Yeah. Uh, but would you call it? So we're gonna call it a concept album. Does he call it a concept album? I don't know, man. I it's it could work. It's as got well. it's got a strong yeah. theme. It's got a really really strong theme. Um, one of the things that I go back and forth about is that sometimes I feel like all of these songs are from the same perspective of the same person. And then sometimes I feel like all of the songs are from different people's perspectives. Mm. And um, I guess either answer to that question um, 
wouldn't really deter it either way from being a concept record. I like if if you put a gun <laughs> to my head, I would say yes, it's a okay. concept record. I mean, the cover. We're we're looking at a few different yeah. interestingly illustrated individuals that seem to be in a casual social exactly. setting. Uh, and right, the the perspective that we're talking about, kind of the narrative of all these songs, it's like the the observer. He's the guy. He's the wallflower. Yeah. Uh, probably in a, in a small town, you know, the the si- a town the size of a dinner plate. This the size he's, of a dinner he's plate. He's watching yeah. a cast of characters, you know, friends, acquaintances, all these these couples and older. I mean, it, it can change. It talks about some older people as well, but just all the, this cast of characters, and he's just watching it all from afar. He feels like uh, a writer, like a short storyteller like a little novelist or something. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. amazing how much he can portray with with so few words. He's so efficient. It's true, man. So few words and beautifully executed melodies. Oh, yeah. Like the chromaticism that he gets away with in this genre of music is incredible. I mean, like anyone else trying to pull that off would sound like too jazzy or just sound like they're trying too hard to be like weird or out and um he just does it perfectly he's channeling that elliot smith i mean he, he does on the on the album yeah. before even more maybe but uh he's he's definitely a student yeah. of smith and the beatles totally uh, randy newman joni mitchell i i hear that late 60s early 70s quality in his music big time yeah, I also hear like a lot of Motown influence, like how strong the groove is. The bass is, is very prominent, and in how that yeah. yeah, how how sweet and foundational the bass is, and then how soulful all the string arrangements are. Very excellent point. Maybe. It's like to me, it sounds like it sounds like indie Motown. Interesting. Uh, I never would have thought that. Uh, all, partially because it's so slow too. The 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 overall tempo of the album yeah, is, is languid. It's really it's like it's in molasses on some tracks. But uh, I can I totally. can hear what you're what you're saying there. Especially this this is like yeah. some of the bass tone. Just the the role of the bass and how it sounds in this album is like it's yeah. one of my all time favorite albums for bass. And it definitely channels that that James Jamerson energy. Yeah. Totally, a hundred percent. And there's a lot of there's a lot of space in the bass lines as well. Like, it's it's good stuff, man. It's well crafted, well executed music. So how? I mean, we'll obviously come back to that in detail in a second. But how did you find out about Andy Schaff? Because he's he's sort of becoming more and more famous now, but he's he's not exactly on everybody's radar. But uh, where where did you like discover him? I had I I was on a house show tour up the West Coast and a friend of mine in Reno that I was staying with he was like have you guys heard about Andy Schaff and I was like no I've ne- never heard of him he puts this record on and instantly I know that it's the magician, something special right? so then we go what an oh, intro yeah oh my yeah. So then we go back to his apartment and uh we just spend the evening watching uh the three music videos that are from this record and then just like a bunch of live performances of his and like from from that moment I was like I'm totally a fan. Like this is amazing. Um and then uh the next stop was Portland where I listened to this record like nonstop. So um, now whenever I hear this record, no matter what I'm doing or where I am, it takes me like right back to being in Oregon. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and have you uh, heard the bear of bad news, the one before it as well? Or I've listened to it. I've not uh, returned to it very okay. often. Um, I would, I would definitely say the party as an album overall is like, it doesn't get much more solid than that. Even I, and like you were saying about, uh, yeah. the neon skyline, which apparently made it into Barack Obama's <laughs> playlist last year. Uh, really? Yeah. it's amazing. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's starting to get his due, but, wow. um, there is just, I, I can think of few albums with a through line 
as enjoyable and determined and the, the whole thing is such like a it's a whole piece the whole 40 minutes however or however yeah. long it is um does have yeah. a unique magic to it and yeah just even from magician it's like you're tumbling into this like foggy kind of like tripped out uh i don't know it's almost like an anxiety fog but just the 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 melody is in the groove is so there too. Oh yeah, he's he so adequately captures feelings of being at a party that we've all felt before. Like, what am I doing and here? Who do I track, talk to? Exactly. Each track is fully committed to one of those emotions. Um, it's such. It's it's and and at the same time, like the record is also so listenable, like. You can you can literally put it on at a party and like hang out with your friends, have it on the background. That's the other um, thing. You don't even have to listen not... to the lyrics. Like just if we assess it purely on musical terms, like like I mean the the bass yeah. line just being the first thing, but the every element of this, the clarinet, the drums, the the effects where he puts them, the piano, like it's it's masterfully yeah. produced and arranged too. Just forget anything else. Yeah. Like few other records Absolutely. have been recently. Yeah, so musical. The orchestration, like um, one of the things, one of the things that like surprised me listening to this critically because I I'll listen to this record so often, but very few times do I sit down and just right, put headphones right. on and just you know give it all of my attention. Um, and uh, like the, how many how many sections the drums are coming out and the strings and the horns are coming to the mm-hmm. very front and taking up all the space and uh, it's. Yeah, the the orchestration is really impressive on this record. He has so many like signature stylistic flares, like so many things about his music that are really unique to him or that he really kind of flaunts, mm. but they're not obvious or gimmicky. Like it kind of occurs to you yeah. over time. Like he's got that clarinet and just the wonders mm-hmm. that that does for his, his songs right there and yeah. pretty much any song. And then... Uh, have you heard any other albums with drums sounding like this, with this much dampening and muting and tea towels and tape all over the place? And it's so ornate and, well, it's, and so particular. It's so dialed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was interesting. I saw him and the band that he played with um, for the Neon Skyline tour. And the drummer that... Is, uh, did you also I, see that tour? I missed it. I, I saw him in 2017, so he's still just doing the party. Nice. Pretty much, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, it, it 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 may very well have been the same drummer, but um, you know, just watching this guy behind the kit, it was like watching like a sushi <laughs> chef or something. Like he was he was so focused, and he never did anything mm-hmm. more than what was absolutely necessary. I mean, he would just make the the mm. tiniest movements, and the drums were glorious. Just, uh, he yeah he was he was so intimately aware of the timbre and like you were saying dampening and different uh you know extracurricular techniques that you don't really see at too many rock shows yeah um i i would bet it's probably the same drummer the the guy he had when i saw him was equally just masterful sushi chef is sushi chef is a great analogy uh it just it brought out another wonderful quality of his music for me which is it's not loud it's so like even when you see it live, yeah. it's such a tolerable, like delicate balance of volume and timbre, and yeah. everything shines together. And it was it was one of the best sounding performances on that level that I've seen for anything. Like it was, he must be so specific about what he wants, and is so good about finding yeah. it and holding on to it. It's just yeah. it all clicks together. Um, we we were talking about before we started recording just in terms of trivia. So at some point I had read that he initially tried to record this album or the songs for this album, The Party, in Germany with a band and that mm-hmm. those sessions did not work out and he ended up just doing it pretty much by himself except for the strings uh, back in a, in a studio in, in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, he's he's yeah. picking up that Elliott Smith mantle of, of just one man band, right? Exactly, man. Yeah, the solitude. 
I mean, stuff like that kind of drives me crazy. I really prefer to have some sort of a partner when I'm doing stuff because I'll just I'll fixate on a tiny little thing and I'll you know we we all we all fall prey to this but I'll spend hours on just one tiny little EQ <laughs> setting and um so yeah I have I have a lot of respect for someone who can record a project that's this dense and this ambitious and to have completed it man I mean the the fact that it sounds as amazing and that it's as well executed as it is is like quite a feat but also like the fact that like he fucking did it, man, <laughs> and he did he it again. This thing. And he had done it before with yeah. Bear of Bad News. Exactly. Um, as long as you give him like four exactly. or five years, he's he's on it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, it's there. It's it's really tough to decide what to tackle with this album because it, it's 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 like coming from all angles: the production, the arrangement, the songwriting, the the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Him as a just an enigmatic, unique individual. You know, like his, his mm-hmm. whole persona is, is inscrutable, but in coy, but yeah. very, very, uh, very engaging. He's a very, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, man. Just, he doesn't waste a single word. Completely. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this story at the appropriate time, but I, I snuck into one of his shows once and it was a smaller, like intimate show. And so he was taking ah. questions at a certain point. And uh, to, in, the answer to everyone's question was like two <laughs> or three words. So exactly what you're saying. That was definitely Well, now the case. I want to hear more. Take me through it. Where, where'd you uh, uncover this performance of his? There's this smaller space um, in Hollywood called Gold Diggers. And thankfully, it seems that it's one of the spaces that have remained open through all of the pandemic stuff. Um but so I think what had happened is that he posted on his Instagram story that he was playing a show and that it was like first come first serve. And after having gone, what I realized was, is that it was like an industry event and it was before, um, it was before neon skyline had come out or it was like the first show that he played after its release wow. in Los Angeles and it um it seemed like uh like the the industry people who were there was like half the room so then they opened it up for like first come first serve for the other half so that the room would be like totally full for this like small little show and so i didn't get on the digital waitlist cuz i saw it like an hour or two after he had posted it but i got there um i'm probably like three or four hours early, <laughs> like st- stood in line trying like to get a blockbuster movie. So for three or four hours, yeah, three or four hours. I'm like, uh, I've made friends with the bartender. I've made friends with the multiple door guys. I'm making friends with people standing in line. I've seen, you know, Andy walk in and out a couple times and, uh, it just gets to the point where they tell everyone in line, like, Hey, like you're not going to be able to get in. Like you, you can't get in. Um, so we're all kind of like disappointed, but we're still standing around and I was standing maybe like 10 feet away and the, the producer of the show, he came over to us where we were standing like 10 feet away and he's like, Hey, like you guys really like got to beat it. Like you can't stand here or anything. And, um, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm getting into this (laughs) fucking show. Like, I don't care what anyone says I'm getting in. Um, so I told my the the people I was standing in line with, I told them like, hey, I'm going to give up. Like, I'm just going to go in my car and like take off or whatever. But really in my head, I was developing a mm-hmm. scheme because I knew that the um, the door guy wasn't actually asking, um, wasn't asking for proof of like whether or not you're on the list. He was just asking you, are you on the list? Honor and system. then he'd give a yes or yeah. no answer. And then he'd like let people in. And at this point, it was like a new security guard. Or no, no, no. It was the same security guard, which has to do with the rest of the story. I went to this like tiny little corner store and I bought this like Mexican shirt and this like tourist hat just to like look a little bit different. And I went to my car and I got my skateboard. And I figured that if I pulled up on my skateboard, 
I would be like a different person, you know, like people <laughs> wouldn't recognize me because I, there's this new element of a skateboard. So I'm riding, I'm riding back on the sidewalk and I pass some of the people that I told that I had, that I was leaving and I like didn't make eye contact with anyone. And I like, I like, I roll like right up to the door guy and I have my skateboard in my hand and I'm like trying to walk right in and he stops me and he's like, Hey, are you on the list? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, okay, whatever. So then I go in and I like, I'm like ready to celebrate. And sure enough, like sitting right there at the table is um, like the first bartender that I had made friends with. And he looks at me and he like kind of <laughs> recognizes me. And I, I walk in and I'm like, dude, I've been trying to get into the show for like four hours and I've made it this far. Like, like don't blow please it, please let me in, man. You gotta let me in. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, sure, man, like that's cool, whatever. Like, <laughs> come on in. So then once I got in, I had like ran into some other friends that I had made and um like we all had some shots together and it was it was like one of the most incredible shows I'd ever seen. It was just Andy playing um playing Neon Skyline like front to back. And uh, they had like some neon skyline like swag, mm. and it was like a party. It was fun. So, what kind of questions were people asking him? People, man, I don't remember any of the questions that other people had asked him. I asked him at one point if this one song on the party, which I don't remember, if he had written the horn part as a guitar part, or if he had composed it as a horn part, because he like played it on his guitar when he was oh. playing it live. Huh. Um, and he told me that he couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. All right, that's three words. That that fits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I checked out his uh, Reddit AMA just a little while ago, and he's he's so humble. Oh, nice. And he's so yeah. upfront about like, well, I can kind of do this. I work on this, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And I just I guess mm. I'm lucky. And uh, he's just such a, a quiet humble individual just really nonchalant yeah yeah he was um he was standing outside after the show and um i was a part of group i was a part of a group of people that like went up to talk to him and when we were all talking i was like hey man like i gotta let you know like i snuck into the show and he's like oh that's sick man yeah (laughs) i think they always like hearing that (laughs) yeah respect yeah yeah wow you did a whole (laughs) put on a whole alternate identity disguise there yeah i i tried i tried as hard as i could and it worked out in the end wow well so getting back to the party which i'm gonna i'm gonna still say it's it's my favorite andy shoff album but i i really love you know almost everything's done Mm. uh what uh you know it's 10 tracks it's a very tight 40 minutes ish right probably less yeah what yeah. uh what are some highlights for you? I think one of my favorite things about this record is the way that he repurposes choruses. And I'm mm. looking through my notes and I'm trying to find the two songs that he does this exactly. But he has a way of stating like in most people when they write a song the chorus is exactly the same both times so that's one way to song write and then with like like connor oberst one of the things that's really impressive to me about him is that he'll just write completely different choruses like he'll have a song (laughs) and he'll have four entirely different choruses in the same song yeah i feel like elf montreal does that too just go all over the place oh i'm not familiar with the structure of a song uh, well, I mean, Connor Oberst is probably a little less blatant about it. Of Montreal has a lot of songs mm-hmm. where it, it seems like he just totally lost interest in what he was doing and like switches it up, you know, forty seconds in and does that. Over. Uh, Depends on the album too, but uh, yeah, it's it's a yeah. neat trick when when an artist can pull that off. Oh, completely, completely. But um, yeah, so what Andy does is he'll take the same chorus like to you the song to you is an example of this where he'll take the same chorus with the same melody and the same lyrics but in light of what had happened in verse two now the chorus hits completely different yeah 
So like in the song To You, it's a song about, I'm assuming a girl at the party is approaching her friend Jeremy and trying to get off her chest to Jeremy that she's totally in love with him and that she's always been in love with him. Ah. And the when the first chorus happens, she's saying, I've always felt this way about you. I've always felt so comfortable with you. Like, does that ever, do you ever feel like that too? And basically, we don't hear Jeremy's response, but we see her trying to play it off cool as if she's not in love and she's just drunk and she doesn't know what she's talking about. I have a about. plot twist for you. And what's going on? I believe that is a uh, man, not a woman, tr- uh, professing this to Jeremy. Which and adds an think, extra level you, of awkwardness when it's when they have to back out and, and kind of curse themselves. It's I, I think they're they're admitting uh, romantic feelings as like one man to another man, if I'm remembering correctly. Do you think this is the same man who's in love with Sherry? That's where you're going to lose me pretty quickly. I know there's Sherry and Jeremy keep popping up <laughs> on more than one of these tracks, but I, I can't I can't keep and track of it narratively like that. Song to song yeah, for me, and man. Exactly, exactly. And that's um that's where it does get a little bit confusing. And it would be it would be for me as a listener, it would be a different experience if literally all of these songs are from the same person. Like if the same person yeah, who's yeah. having the conversation with Sherry is also the same person who's expressing their love to Jeremy, then it's yeah. like, whoa, like this this guy's having a hard time at the party. <laughs> yeah. um, but then that would also make the last song that much more deep and meaningful. So for me, like the last Martha song, Sways. Martha Sways, is all about he's he's been at this party and he's tried to get what he wants, but he can't get what he wants. So he's just gonna he's just gonna settle for dancing with Martha. And as as the radio's playing, he's letting the devil take control, which the devil would be, he's just giving in to, ah, fuck it, like, I'm, I'm going to do whatever at this point. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's the brilliance of it is that's totally a valid interpretation. And then a lot about this is very kind of ambiguous or left open as well. It is. And he nails yeah. that, that narrative balance really, Yeah. Just one, of the, yeah, one of the many alluring things about this album. I can't believe we haven't talked about the sound of his voice yet, his singing voice. <laughs> I was That was the, one of the in. things I had. Um, as, as you were talking earlier, I was like, I, I got I to gotta <laughs> ask about the sound of his voice. So, so you go first. It's just so weird. I don't think it's even a regional accent because I'm a big fan of uh, Casey and Clayton, who are also from Saskatchewan. They don't really sing like that it's it's what is that <laughs> it's different man and he um he doesn't he doesn't talk like that either it's a little it's bit of just, it comes out but not yeah not like a singing yeah. voice it's it's a different yeah, thing still totally yeah. totally i um i figured this out once with a friend we sat down and we like wrote it out on a piece of paper and we figured out exactly what it is but it's it's something about vowel switching and then um, he's also like, he's like really soft, but up front with the R's. Yeah. It's almost yeah, exactly. I, like, I think it's like, um, like he switches like A and E. So he doesn't really say like Martha. He kind of says Mirtha. Mirtha Swiss. <laughs> I know. I'd like, I would have to reference it to like. Hurry to the party. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny, but it's not obnoxious by any means, and it doesn't get in the way. But it's so like if you were to introduce him to somebody new, it's like the first thing you notice. Yeah, man, and um, I think it's a. It, I'm sure it has to work into his favor because like oh, yeah. you hear that thing that catches your ear, but it's not so upfront that it would turn most people away i've i've met very few people who are like oh, i can't stand the sound of his voice I can't listen to it lemos no i love it it's exactly. it's uh i it's the kind of voice where I, i'd really be interested in hearing him cover more songs to to give other songs mm. that delivery 
Um, yeah. But, I mean, he's so, still such a great songwriter in his own right. You know, he can't complain either way. Yeah. I'm not familiar with, uh, like, I can't think of any other singers who sing quite like he does with his pronunciation. You know, I never really heard someone like you, <laughs> quite like you. That might be my favorite track. And that's one of my favorite it's vocal moments song, of his, man. too. That's yeah, the most, man. like, Steely Dan inspired of the bunch, I feel like. Yeah. It's more up-tempo. Yeah. 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 Did you uh, check out the music videos? Oh, yeah. No, I'd, I'd seen them way back. My my first introduction to Andy Schaaf was, uh, like, the year the party came out, um, Father John Misty, who particularly at that point was one of my favorite uh, contemporary guys on the scene, Father John Misty retweeted uh, the Magician music video. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Yellow Submarine-style animation, check. Good, all right, yeah. excellent right away. And then it's, you know, the rest is history, just the strength of that exactly. track. Um, but yeah, that and then uh, Chad Van Galen, the wonderful, talented uh, animator and musician in his own right, he did uh, Quite Like You, which it's, yeah. that's an alien landscape and all sorts of creepy, weird things happening there. It's perfect, man, how it it opens up with the human beings and then you zoom out mm-hmm. and it's the alien playing the video game and the human being. It's like Rick and Morty stuff there. It's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. A little perspective switch. Um, and then I, I've seen The Worst in You. I'm not, that's another like uh, kind of collage style animation. I feel like. I'm, yeah. I felt, yeah. It was like collage, but then it had some video elements. I, I, I felt like that one is a little more, a little more fantastic, kind of like open to interpretation. Yeah. Where uh, the other music videos have, have a, like a specific theme to them. Yeah. No, he he works with great animators. I mean, that's the other thing about the guy. He's never really going to perform for his own music video so much. Mm. He kind of he mm. puts on uh, early to the party is live action, and that that has that's beautifully shot. Has an interesting cast of characters, oh, yeah. but he's definitely he he sets the mood and the tone, and then kind of yeah, he sets the scene like a director, and then lets uh, other stuff play out. He's yeah, he's man. he's one of the most mysterious kind of unreadable for me at least like songwriters i can think of man a few words yeah he doesn't um he he puts a lot of his essence into things but i'm not certain that he puts a lot of like his biography into things like in contrast to someone like phoebe bridgers like when phoebe bridgers writes a song i feel as though like it's clear when the song is like not from her perspective and it's really clear when the song is from her perspective. And when yeah. it's from her perspective, it's like everything must have literally happened. Like this really seems right. like a journal entry. Um, but with with The Party and with Neon Skyline, um, I'm, I, I'm not certain that any of this like historically would have happened to Andy as much as he's just like drawing from his essence and his vibes and his feelings and kind yeah. of writing short stories, like what you're saying. I, I speculate that especially some songs on neon skyline, certain quotes and moments are so specific that I got to believe it's like something you overheard at a bar or something like the, yeah. The woman talking about how hard would it be to pay ten- to give a shit about my like kids drawing or, uh, yeah. we're going off to the moon and we're going real soon like that. Those are too yeah. specific and weird to not have at least happened in conversation somewhere. Totally. Uh, but that's his genius, is fitting stuff like that into into his own songs. Completely. Um, so how how is this? Uh, how much is this album? How mu- how much of the theme is social anxiety? Do you think is that really a big part? Or I think. Uh, I- I think it's fairly little um like the uh not that social anxiety isn't um what am I trying to say like I I I feel like the subjects that he is getting into are more like interpersonal 
relationship, like specific to relationships and social anxiety. Like you could have social anxiety at the grocery store. You could have social anxiety at like the DMV. Like I feel like social anxiety is this much more like general thing. And it's with people you don't know. And this is a cast of characters that are more intimate with each other. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's kind of, and that's, and that, and that's what draws me to it so much is, is the specificness of it. Like we all, we all know that one person who arrives early to the party and is like the first one to greet you. Who's like smoking outside. And it's like, Mm -hmm. ah, this guy, like, yeah, they're a little wound up here overdressed and underprepared. You know, we we all know what it's like to be in love with that person whose partner is like not good to them, and like yeah, to like pull them out. aside, pull them aside, and have a conversation where they start to open up, and it's like, yeah, you're right. Like I'm I'm in this relationship, and I'm not super happy. But then, sure enough, at the end, you know, they're they're together again, and they leave the party together. Um, so it's like it's kind of all of these. Um, or like uh, the worst in you is so interesting because one. all all of the conflict in that song is in his head. Like he's trying to go back and find Sherry or wh- whoever the character might be, right. and he gets to the top of the stairs and he sees that these doors are closed and his heart is broken because he thinks that the love of his life is fucking somebody else or you know whatever. And yeah. and sure enough, you know she comes running behind him, like hey. How's it going? And then, and then the conflict is resolved. Um, so that like specific experience of like being so in love with someone that you just your your head races to all these conclusions. Yeah, I feel like uh, I I feel like very little of it is social anxiety. All right. Well, I, f- I feel like I've learned something because I was definitely just the tension and the general feeling of anxiety and the, and the slowness, the bogged down quality of a lot of these songs. I mean, Twist Your Ankle and Early to the Party and The Magician, for that matter, like the first solid, you know, three songs of the album. It really, it has that mood to it. But I guess it's, it's you know, it's, it's you can read into that, but it's, it's something else going on there if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah, I'm I'm completely comfortable with it being both too. Like you can you can have these specific experiences, but then also having it be like cushioned by this general anxiety. And I feel like I hear a lot of the anxiety in the strings, especially with Martha Sways. There's like a there's like a you're kind of pulling. I mean, you're like gesturing two. like a stretching out with your hands. Well, yeah, like not not to get like too music theory oriented, but like um, there's like an augmented sound in yeah. the strings that is um, it's it's dissonant, but not in a troubling way, maybe in like an anxious way. Mm. So, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, it really it, most of these songs, it feels like trouble is brewing and starting yeah. to come up from the bottom. That's the yeah, much less that way with Neon Skyline. I don't get that as much. Yeah. 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 Neon Skyline, it's um there's an air of hopefulness to it. It's like, oh, this this might more be a good evening too. for these people. Yeah, yeah more yeah. adventurous. Um, but this one there's there's really there's really nothing very positive. Um there's no there's there's no mentions of people having a genuinely good time. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh Ice at the Mall comes the closest, but it's still that's not a good time. That's just kind of a moment of astoundment or something. Yeah. Well, I also feel like eyes of them all is the moment where someone is fed up with their life and their city and they decide that they need to leave. So Mm. it's like on the one hand, it's about someone watching a woman having a wonderful time. But I feel like what I take away from it, is that he's watching this woman have a good time and he's like, this is all that there is in the city. Like I, I need to take off cause I need something better than this. Hmm. When he talks about, I need to stretch my legs. You're really good with reading into these lyrics. I've heard these songs so many times and I, I can't quite pinpoint the dude. It's, it's really dense stuff. 
it's super dense and he talks about it so poetically and he has almost every song has amazing enders it's like the yeah. whole yeah. all the lyrics just like come to this point like and eyes of you is another great example you know he's the, all the choruses returning of watching this woman dance and then he says i light another so i can breathe deep in the cracks when she finally leaves it's like masterpiece it's amazing it, 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 it yeah he's a he's a very good songwriter man it just again i can't stress enough paired with an amazing sonic palette that is so full yeah. and realized and lush but not busy at all like you could call Absolutely. it sparse in a way too uh like mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about eyes of the mall and i'm just playing that, that beautiful piano mm-hmm. and i don't i've never heard another piano that sounds like that that appears in the chorus and stuff mm. Mm. it's just it's such an uncanny yeah Ah, I, I'm yeah. so glad you're into this album. This is really, truly one of my like top favorites from the 2010s, and just works on so many levels. Oh yeah, I mean for me this is like top ten records. Period. Like I, I, I adore this record. I really, really dig it. It's like the perfect homemade shepherd's pie or something. It's mm. like, like it, it just has a couple ingredients. All of the ingredients are impeccable and like, you know, it came, it came from someone's kitchen. Like it, it really, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of intention. Um, yeah, no, that's stuff, a great analogy. Man. It's, it's, it's not too ambitious in a way. It really, it's very focused and doesn't work with too many different elements. And a strength of that is probably, you know, Andy being so particular and, um, yeah one track minded during the recording process covering so much of it himself. Yeah. Uh, so just, it has that focus and then, but it's so polished too. And he, he, he wrote a hundred songs at first and, and mm. pared it down to 10 from there. So this <laughs> makes me want to write a hundred songs. Like that strategy must really have something to it. Um, yeah, man. and you're, you're somebody yourself, Eric, who wrote uh, a song a day for 365 days. So I'm sure you can relate to that idea of, of knowing yeah, how to just mine the best of your own creative ideas over time it's a it's a skill that is painful to learn but now that i have it it's it's something that i'm thankful for like in the beginning say, you know writing a song and saying no to it felt like killing a child or something mm. um but you, you you get to the point where you understand that um the act of saying no to the songs that you're not supposed to record is in and of the same action of saying yes to the songs that you are supposed mm. to record. And had, had he not written a hundred songs, you know, he may not have gotten to early to the party. He may not have gotten yeah. to Martha's ways. Wow. Well, all right. So we're kind of coming up near the end. I, I, I feel like I already, Asks you your your favorite song from here. I mean, it obviously none of them stick out too much above the rest, but uh, "To You" is is one of your highlights. I, that's uh, Andy's favorite, supposedly. That's his favorite from the album. Yeah, man, "To You" is really good. It's really hard to pick a favorite. "Quite Like You" is really good. "The Magician" is really good. <laughs> Martha really Sways good. for me. Alexander is... All Alone. We haven't even covered that one yet. That's a trip. Okay, so this is one that I just I have no idea what this song is doing on the record thematically. Sonically, the fact that it grooves so strong and that it's very dark. Um, that totally makes sense. You know, it's the end of the record. Right, right. We're, that we're plinky about piano. to hear Martha. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it sets us up, it, it, it wraps up the rest of the record with its dark tone, but then also like its more forward groove um, because a lot of what we had heard before was so slow. Um, but then the fact that it grooves so hard sets us up well to hear the final track, Martha Sways, which is, you know, arguably one of the most slow and steady songs on the record but thematically it's a song about alexander who we haven't heard right of he's some old guy who lives by himself he he's not at the party he 
He must live by himself because it's his neighbor who calls the ambulance. Yeah, he's all alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's the one wrench in the works in terms of really thinking about this whole thing as a purposeful concept album because Exactly. This is telling a completely different story tonally in a lot of ways it lines up, but it's like it's not that faithful. It's kind of like totally. uh you have Sgt. Pepper's but then like you throw a wrench in the works like I don't know. Uh, fixing a hole does that really fit into the hole mm. you, you get a bit of the concept going and then you just no we're not you know we can have diversions totally totally I like that it's like a hybrid hybrid record yeah it, you know it's, it's it, it was it was on its way to being a concept also an, a, another way to think about it may be that the writing process could have been a concept writing process for him and then in assembling the songs, you know, it's like the concept that he had for writing the hundred songs might have been so broad that only selecting 10 of them, like he could not have constructed a concise story with them. Or also like he may just not have wanted to construct right. a concise, clean story. Right. It's um, like if people want to assign that too. to what I'm doing, let them, but... I'm still, yeah. I'm going to let the music tell me what to do. Yeah. Let the songs go where they will. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I really, I, I maybe haven't said it enough over the course of talking about it, but this is a very important album to me and really influential yeah. for me personally with, with Niagara Moon songs. Like I could point mm. to a few where I, different elements of what he's doing here really left a mark on mm. me. Um, I love Neon Skyline. I love Fox Warren. I don't mm. know if you've heard his his other band that did an album. It's a couple come years up. Ago. Yeah, I've I. Uh, they're excellent too. I I really uh, recommend you check. I mean, it's got the Andy Shaw oh, yeah. feel, but there's a little more busyness going on in a way you can tell. Okay, he's mm. he's collaborating with some other talented guys. Totally. But uh, and I love Bear of Bad News has some of my favorite songs. Is he's he's mm. a plus all around. But something about this album. I love it. I, yeah, man, I would say that The Party is objectively his best record yet and objectively maybe one of the better records to have been released. Um, and then in terms of, you know, what someone's favorite Andy Schaaf record is, of, of, of course we could have some deviation yeah. on, on favorites. I think it's a little more personal, but... This, uh, I think, this is the one that really clinched his uh, his rise to uh, indie rock fame or something. Yep. He's he's doing really well as he should. He's he's really come to prominence. It's been a long road for him because uh, yep. he started forever ago uh, hmm. from from small town Saskatchewan. Man, Saskatchewan, yep. they with the folk rock between him and Casey and Clayton. I feel like there's one other hmm. artist I'm forgetting, but uh, something going on hmm. up there. Hmm. I love it. I can't get enough of it. He's one of my favorite guys. Anything he does next, I just pounce on. Um, Same. It's it's lovely to to see someone like him in the current mu music landscape getting their due because he's he's got something special. Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. Um, well, so if we we're gonna sum up this record in three words, what three words oh. might? I mean, you've been saying dense a couple times. Yeah, dense is dense is one I would feel completely comfortable saying. Um, relatable would be number two, um, and alcohol would be number three. Mm -hmm. Good call. Uh, what about you? What What are your three words? I'm gonna go with coy uh. and versimilitude. <laughs> I've, I've Throw never a fancy heard that. one in there. Uh, and clarinet. Hell yeah. Versimilitude means um, depicting something very accurately. Like if oh, it's nice. a story in a song or in like in writing, if you're writing a story. So that just yeah. capturing the essence of, you know, what feels like real life. He's got that down. Huh. So he's Love he's a true artist. Yeah, man. Well, Eric, thanks again for indulging me in this. I love yeah. Miss Mandy Shaw. I love talking about this album. And... uh Same. Anything um, on your end you want to mention for folks at this time? Stuff you got going on? 
I'm recording a record of songs I wrote in Mexico. Um, I wrote about 35 songs when I was in Mexico, and a couple of them have risen to the surface. Um, So I'm really excited about those. So uh, I have no idea when that'll be released, either November or spring. So Awesome. And you have uh, 365 from last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, so the project was I wrote a new song every day for the year of 2019, and then I released a record of 11 of my favorites, and that record is called 365, and that's on Spotify or Bandcamp or wherever under Eric Davis. And then uh, I also put out a COVID single called Everything is Fine, which was about me feeling that nothing was fine. <laughs> and uh, the place to check out, I take it as Instagram. That's where you're the yeah, busiest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of my presence is on Instagram. Right now it is, um, it's horrible. My girlfriend gave me the hardest time. It's three <laughs> underscores, Eric, period, Davis. Three underscores. Um, it'll change soon. I keep I keep going back <laughs> and forth with with the, the final Instagram name. But, gotcha. Um, but yeah, if you are if, there a lot of Eric Davises Eric out there? It comes up. There actually aren't. Well, there are a handful, but um, I am impressed with uh, mine. Will mine will come up like top five, top seven in the search results. So if you search Eric Davis, it does come up. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll throw a link in the show notes. And uh, I don't Thanks. think it's too much of a stretch to say if you like Andy Schaff, I think there's a lot of qualities of your music that are. Very similar in some ways. It's a nice, easy Thanks, folk man. rock tone, all self-recorded. Uh, very exactly. cool stuff, yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. Uh, this was a ton of fun. Absolutely. Thank you. One might say quite a party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. No, thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful time. I love talking about records that I love. I love getting to hang out with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, that was great. I don't know what uh, I'm going to be talking about next week, but I I hope I have as uh, much fun with it as I I did for this week. And, um, you know, if you're keeping tabs on uh, Niagara Moon-related stuff, what have you, things that I've got going on, uh, I'm having this real fun little experiment going on now where I make uh, very short instrumentals, you know, under a minute, really closer to 30 seconds, but, you know, fully fleshed out pieces that uh, I set to uh, anime. If uh, you're not aware, I lived in Kyoto, Japan for quite a while in my youth, about almost three years, and studied Japanese, really got into the culture and all that. So just kind of bringing some of that influence back a little bit, you know, in some way. Uh, You can check out my little anime music videos on uh, Instagram and Facebook and, you know, all the social platforms. Just a little something to whet your appetite while the next big, big Niagara Moon album, Good Dreams, is uh, you know going through all the finishing stages. So I wanted to keep you entertained until then. But uh, thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you have a fantastic week, and uh, I hope to be back next week. Until then, have a good one, Moondog. Bye-bye.